In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Misra, and today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 5. And the Gospel begins with the Lord Jesus Christ visiting the tax office of Levi. And the Lord said to Levi, come follow me. And then it is written that Levi rose up, he left all, rose up and followed him. And today I'd like to meditate with you on how Levi was able to immediately leave all and follow the Lord. How could he drop like Kidda at the drop of a dime and move so quickly and change his life so dramatically? Levi left his uh, lucrative position, his lavish lifestyle. He was a rich man. He was a tax collector. And he left all of that to become a poor follower of the Lord. And how could he do all of that? What is the impetus? What is the driving force to drive a man to leave all of that and become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? And I think the answer to that question, what was the driving force for Levi, it actually comes at the end of the gospel of today. At the end of the gospel of today, the Lord gives a very interesting parable that's kind of like, it's maybe a little difficult to understand. The Lord says, no one puts a piece of new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also a piece that was taken from the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst and the wineskins will be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new for he says the old is better. The old is better. I'll be discussing this parable in more uh, detail, but I want to focus right now on the last line of this of this parable. It says, "And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better." To answer my question from earlier, what is the driving force for Levi to change his life? He realized that the old is not better. The old is not better. Actually, the old is Hagadima, is old. And I want to have something new. I want to have something new. He actually realized the old wine, Malhash Tom, there's no taste to it. The old stuff is, is empty. And in order to be a tax collector at the time of Levi, I think it was safe to assume that Levi was like a sharp individual. Like, he wasn't, like, dumb, or he wasn't, you know, he just followed, like, you know, just crazy following whims. No, he was a very calculated person. He knew the records, he's very sharp, he probably had the records of all the people in, in the town, and he knew how much everybody owed. So for him to leave all of that in the second wasn't something, like, like, it wasn't just something, it was something he was feeling for a while. My life has no flavor, my life is so empty. And then when he saw that the Lord gave him an opportunity to change, he said, hmm, this old life is not good. I want the, I want the new life. The Levi, St. Matthew, St. Matthew realized that the Lord offered him something pure, something better than money and power. 
And at the same time, I'm sure he realized how like not fun it is to live in sin. How it's it's not fun. And I think sometimes what prevents us from becoming followers of the Lord Jesus Christ is oftentimes we say, the old is better. Oftentimes we say, the old is better. There's a, there's a, a one of the, the, the Western church fathers, he said something nice on this passage, passage. He said, for the Jews imbued with the taste of their old life, the Jews who had the taste of their old life, despised the precepts of new grace and being defiled with the, transi- the traditions of their ancestors were not able to perceive the sweetness of the spiritual words. They were not able to taste the goodness of the spiritual words. And that's why Solomon, in all his wisdom, one of the greatest, like one of my favorite proverbs, he says that a dog returns to his own vomit. So a fool repeats his folly. So a a fool repeats his folly. Why would a dog return to its own vomit? Like, don't go back to your vomit, the one that's old and been chewed and you threw it up and you go back to it. Why would you go back to it? But sometimes, because of our sinful nature, sometimes we go back to the old and we say the old is better. Today I would like to discuss with you some of the reasons we are not able to perceive the sweetness that this church father speaks about. Why do we often behave as dogs? Sometimes we behave as dogs and we go back to the old and we go back to the vomit. Why do we resist the change to become new? And and why do we want to stick to that which is old? I think number one, change is not familiar. Change is uncomfortable. And when we change, that is something like different. And is something that makes us feel uncomfortable. You know, in science there's a concept that says like dissolves like. You you ever hear that concept? Like dissolves like. What does that mean? It means, you know why oil and and water don't mix? Is because they actually have properties very different from each other. So if you put shwait oil with water, you'll see they split. And you have phase separation. The same is true in the spiritual sense that like dissolves like. What do I mean by that? I mean that sinners or people who love to sin, they like to congregate with people who love to sin. And people who are righteous like to be with people who are righteous. And we see that in the example of St. Matthew today. Because St. Matthew, he was throwing a party after the Lord called him. He threw a party. And who was invited to the party? All his closest friends. And all his closest friends are? They're all sinners. They're all sinners, for sure. And even when the Pharisees said, What are you doing here with all these sinners? The Lord didn't say, No, 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 no. These aren't sinners. These are good people. He said... The physician did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to to repentance. So he acknowledged that Al-Gamadun are very sinful people. So the sinners like to be with the sinners. Here I want to go on a, a small tangent. Because sometimes many of the youth, they like to say, Jesus was with sinners 
to justify <laughs> that we can go and have parties mad sinners. I have just two short like retorts to that. I say, one, are you the Lord Jesus Christ? You will say no. Okay, so, mashi. And then number two, I will say, when the Lord was with the sinners, were they sinning? Like, was the Lord, like, helping them sin? Like, was the Lord there watching them sin? And they were, like, adding, like... No, He was calling them to repentance. So, be careful, youth, who say, Oh, the Lord Jesus Christ used to hang out with sinners and do all these... No, 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 no. He wasn't hanging out with sinners. He was calling them to repentance. That's why St. Paul, he says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship, what fellowship does righteousness have with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord does Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? So don't think because Christ was with sinners that it's okay and hang out with... No, 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 no. That's not what the point of this this uh, this passage. So don't use this passage to justify hanging out with sinners. So let's return to the subject matter. The idea was like dissolves like. Like dissolves like. Sinners or people who sin feel more comfortable around other sinners. And that's why, as I said, Levi's friends were all sinners. Someone who practices sin often feels more comfortable with others who practice the same sin. Because in maybe a sick and twisted way, it eases our conscience. When you see like you're someone else sinning, it's like, oh, I'm not so bad. <laughs> we all do the same sins together. So it sort of eases the conscience of ourselves. And it makes us feel better about ourselves. And we feel like no one is judging me for committing this sin. That's why like many times we can sin in groups, but even you wouldn't do the, that sin on your own. But it's okay to do it in a group. I'm sure that when when Matthew, St. Matthew, was picked to be a disciple, I'm sure he felt immediate discomfort with the new disciples. The reason I'm saying this is, in order for you to change, you're going to have to leave that social circle that you're in, the one that is sinful, and be a part of a new social circle. But the first complaint that someone who leaves from one social circle to another is... The first complaint someone will say is, this new people, they're so judgmental. So judgmental. They don't, because, and why does that happen? Maybe part of that is true, that the new, there is some judgment. But another one is our own conscious speaking to ourselves. And saying, I can't be in the presence of these righteous people. I can't, I feel that they are looking at me differently. I feel, I feel it. So it's something internal, it's not something even external. It's a ghost. It's in inside you. Don't let that prevent you from doing the change. St. Matthew didn't let his old social circle prevent him from making a new social circle. One of the amazing things is one of the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ the one that's on the end here on the iconostasis. You know what his name is? The one at the very end. You see, can you guys read that? Saint Simon. 
And it's, you know what the title of him, like, what he's called? He's called Saint Simon the... Arfin? It's called Saint Simon the Zealot. Saint Simon the Zealot. Why was he called the Zealot? We don't know exactly why for sure he was called the Zealot, but one idea, one hypothesis, is that he was very active in a lot of the revolutionary ideas that were going on at the time. And so he was against the, the Rome and against the oppression of Rome and, and he was fighting against and the Lord Jesus Christ called Simon to be a disciple. Now I want you to compare and contrast. You have Wahid Zay, Simon the Zealot, who is anti-Rome and anti-government and anti-war. And then you have Wahid Zay, St. Matthew. St. Matthew's tax collector, friend of the government, the, yani, by like, by modern terms, this would be like bringing like a white supremacist and like uh, the Black Lives Matter and put them together and say, come be my followers. But that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He took Wahid Zealot, Kira, he took one tax collector, said, come be a follower, insult, you're fighting with, and come follow me. And that's actually what, what the Lord Jesus Christ did. And so I could imagine that Saint Matthew was feeling so awkward. Allah, these people are so much different than me. They don't, they don't, I'm the tax collector, I'm doing all these things. I can't be with this group, I can't, I can't, I can't. But Saint Matthew didn't let that anxiety he didn't let that trouble change him and prevent him from changing. I, I pray that no one lets that anxiety, that difference, that change to prevent you from going forward in your transformation and to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Number two, sometimes we say the old is better or sometimes we stick to the old because we genuinely don't see what is wrong with the old or we don't appreciate the new. In other words, we become desensitized. You know, when like a lot of my galabeyas, if you come and smell me, you might say like, like I don't smell anything. But if you smell it, you say it reeks of bakhur. But I don't smell it anymore. Why? Because I'm desensitized. I can't distinguish anymore between the, my own. It's become khalas. It's my smell. The same is true about a bad smell. If you live in a place that smells bad, guess what? You get used to it and you no longer can smell the difference. You become desensitized to the smell. I have a big worry that Christians nowadays, Kulena, we've all become desensitized. So if someone were to come to you and say, I have old wine and I have this new wine, you'd taste about it and say, oh, the old is better. And you would go with the old. But in actuality, the Christian life should taste very different. <laughs> this different wine, this new wine should taste very different than the old one. One of the most dangerous aspects in our culture these days is that we are becoming desensitized to sin. Even in the media and in the whatever... And we see a lot of things and we don't even realize that we're sinning. It's not like, it's just normal now. It's just what we see, what we listen to, what we do. It's just normal. We can listen to bad music. Oh, it's normal. It's normal. And we become desensitized to sin. This would be the worst thing for a Christian. 
One of the things that I like about St. Matthew, and I think this is true of all people, is that he recognized, and I'm bad. <laughs> I'm a bad man. I'm a really bad man. I'm a tax collector. I, I betray, I steal, I'm rich, I don't care for anyone. I'm a bad man. And because I think he realized that he is so bad, I think that's what led him to be, want to change, and want to become better. The problem is, when you have people, nos nos, eh, I'm okay, I'm, I'm alright, and I go to church every once in a while, I, I did my confession last year, and I'm okay, and I'm alright, everything is good. This is not good for change. This leads to desensitization. Like, we'll become desensitized Christians if we follow on this path, on this path. We become lukewarm. And I think that is why the greatest saints, the greatest saints, they were bad and they became good. Because they recognized, wow, I'm so bad. And then they, they decided to make the change. On the contrary, like myself included, I include myself, I think we are in the middle. And I'll speak for myself, and I'm in the middle. We're lukewarm. And lukewarm in this, and is not, is not okay. And that's why the Lord says, no one puts a piece of new garment on old cloth, or old one. The new one it hasn't been shrunk yet. The other one is shrunk. So if you put something new into something old, what happens? The tear becomes worse. This is someone living lukewarm. He's trying to mix the new and the old. He has the old wineskin. He puts the new into it. It won't work. Actually, it breaks the person themselves. Actually, the person themselves will feel, Oh, I'm so like... Uh, like either they'll be like okay I'm good I'm alright or eventually it'll break the container will break and it's not good that the container breaks I hope you don't break yourself (laughs) that's not the point so don't be lukewarm lukewarm is not the way Saint Cyril he says something very nice he says those who live according to the law cannot receive the institutions of Christ These institutions cannot be admitted into the hearts of such as have not received the renewing by the Holy Spirit. So the people who are trying to fulfill the law of the commandments without being renewed with the Holy Spirit, they're trying to put new wine into old wine skins. This would be very bad. Be like just coming to take communion, no spiritual life, nothing, just coming, no fasting, no... It would be very bad. Be very bad. One of the ideas that I want us to think about is this week in our book club we're reading a book. It's called On Social Justice by Saint Basil. And what this book has done is open my eyes to the fact that we have become very desensitized. Very desensitized. And one of the things about desensitized is, if I were to say, like if St. Basil, am I going to read you some of the writing of St. Basil? You'd say, that's not Christianity, that's extremism. What St. Basil is saying, you'll say, he's an extremist. And you'd say, this is crazy, we can't do this stuff now. But actually, I think the idea is actually we've all become desensitized. So now if I read to you what St. Basil says, you'll be like... You'll be like, ah, oh, that's, that's too much. That's too much. 
He says the whole idea about St. Basil is that he's saying that you know the commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you guys know that commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, do you know how to apply that commandment? He says, thus those who love their neighbor as themselves possessing, possess nothing more than their neighbor. Yet surely you seem to have great possessions. How else can it be that you have preferred your own enjoyment to the consolation of many? For the more you abound in wealth, the more you lack in love. is like, I have an Apple Watch. Do you have an Apple Watch? Take this. Because I love you more than myself. And I love myself, so I got myself an Apple Watch. So, because I have an Apple Watch and I love myself, and I want you to love yourself. Here, put an Apple Watch there. That's what Saint. That's what Saint Basil is saying. This is extreme. Like, and I'm saying, I, 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 I don't like. This is. He even goes on to say. He says, "Don't say that you're poor and you can't give." Many people might say, "Oh, I'm still poor. I can't give." He says, "No, no, 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 no. Don't be deceive yourself." He says, actually, you're on the way to becoming the rich and greedy people if you say that. Then he says, don't say that your contribution will never make a difference. Some people say, he says, when he, someone says that, he said, the ring on your finger deceives you. <laughs> the expensive ring and the jewelry that you have and the nice lifestyle and the card deceives you. If you say that I, the, the little that I have can't make a difference. He says, no, you're deceiving yourself. He says, this one touched me. He says, don't say that you can't give because you're saving for your retirement. Or you're saving for your children. Ouch. He says, don't say that. He says, he says, did the commandment only apply to those who are celibate? Did the commandment only apply to those who are celibate and those who are married and those who are kids? They don't follow the same commandments? So he's saying, Christians, don't be this. We're all the sense. Now if I told you, do what St. Basil, you say, Abuna, you're crazy. This is too much. And it is too much. But maybe it's because we've become desensitized. And now when we see the new wine, what do we say? We say the old is better. <laughs> say, the, oh, I like my 401k. I like it, kid. I like my stability. I like the old is better. And I'm really, and I'm struggling with this idea. My prayer is today is that we don't say the old is better. <laughs> the old is not better. There is a new way. We want to give up the old wine. We want to put our trust in God. Today we're going to drink of the cup of the new covenant. It is a new covenant. And after we drink of the cup of the new covenant, we can't go back and say, I want the old one again. I want to live the way I did when I was young and abit. No, no, no. You can't drink of the old, the new wine and say, no, I want the old one. Khalas. Matthew changed his life. He went on a different way. He became a follower of Jesus. He didn't let insecurity or anxiety stop him. He took extreme measure. He took extreme action and extreme change. I hope all of us, we can, yani, God willing, day by day, we make small choices that we can be on a new path. A new path and taste the new wine. And glory be to God forever. Amen.